Welcome to the channel of Anna Purdue. Look for the link below the podcast and make sure to upload the podcast so you can multitask while hearing the message. And you can also look for the link and um, once you open it up, you can scroll over and select your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, or Google, and just look for the channel Anna Purdue. A huge shout out to Leonard L., Jody F., Rodney T., Verna S., and James R. for your donations to the channel. If you're interested in helping this channel, you can do so by clicking the donation link found on my website at AnnaPurdue.com. And another way to support this channel is by checking out this offer from my latest sponsor. The government keeps telling us inflation is under control, or that it's just temporary. But what do you think? Exactly. This is just inflation by the back door. Noble Gold is ahead of the game here. They know that with a precious metal IRA under your belt, you'll hedge these rising prices so you can retire without worrying about it. You'll keep up with the inflation the folks in Washington are trying to hide. And this month, as a thank you, and to kickstart this precious metal project, Noble Gold is giving away a free 5-ounce solid silver America the Beautiful Bullion Cube with every qualifying IRA or 401k rollover. Take advantage of this amazing investment opportunity by visiting noblegoldinvestments.com or you can call us at 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. The following is an excerpt from a conversation I found on the website crosswalk.com. It reads, The present-day United Arab Emirates is located on the biblical land of Diban. In the Hebrew Bible, the name Dedan is assigned to a son of Ramah. His descendants are mentioned in Isaiah and Ezekiel. This people group probably settled among the sons of Cush on the northwest coast of present Persian Gulf. Interestingly, archaeologists have identified some characteristics that show the ties between Dedan and ancient Egypt. This land has a part to play in both the Battle of Armageddon in Revelation 16 and the armies of Gog and Magog in Ezekiel 38 and 39. The current treaties call for normalizing the relationships between Israel United Arab Emirates, Bayron, Turkey, and the United States. In a very real sense, these five nations have ganged up against Iran, who is still under the United Nations sanctions because of their nuclear program. However, Anwar Gargash, UAE Minister of State of Foreign Affairs, declared, This treaty is in no way meant to create some sort of grouping against Iran. I want to say, who's kidding whom? It's obvious that's exactly what this treaty accomplishes. Will Iran be involved in Armageddon? Behind the scenes, I believe that Iran will be involved in Second Coming and the Battle of Armageddon. First, it's obvious that Iran has nuclear weapons, or soon will, the results of which are described with the other plagues in Revelation 6 through 19. Consider Revelation 8 7, which says, There came fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled down on the ground. A third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Second, 
Iran is most likely part of the armies of 200 million led by the kings from the east in Revelation 18, which line up against the Antichrist at the Battle of Armageddon. One other significant part of the treaty also deals with annexing the West Bank and securing land for a Palestinian state. The resolution of the West Bank issue is critical to Israel's future, not just religious and for holy reasons, but as a military stronghold in case of another Israeli war with Arab nations and other Gulf states. And we will be talking about this uh, agreement or this treaty very soon. Will other Gulf nations take sides? Well, yeah, most likely. Because, after all, the United States is the only nation in the world which gives any sort of tacit support to Israel. Could Trump be the Antichrist? People ask me that question about the presidential candidates every four years, and the answer is absolutely no. Trump is not the Antichrist. Revelation tells us that during the final years of tribulation on earth, The Antichrist will unite numerous nations to fight against Israel and ultimately against Yeshua at the Battle of Armageddon. We are told to recognize him by the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is man's number. His number is 666 is found in Revelation 13:18. Today we utilize Arabic numbers. The Romans used Roman numerals. The Greeks assigned a number to each letter of the Greek alphabet. None of the former president's numbers come anywhere close to 666. The sum value of letters in the name of this former president equals 1079 or 8. And our current president's name equals 155 or 2. The number 6 is often identified in scripture as the number of man. Man's number is consistently one short of perfection. This makes the Antichrist 666. And Yeshua's number is 777. He is consistently one better than perfection. So what is the third Jewish temple and its implications for end-time events? The third temple will be rebuilt sometime before the second coming. We know this because the abomination of desolation is set up in the temple when the Antichrist and his minions invade the temple altar and began to make sacrifices to themselves and proclaim great blasphemy against Yeshua. The first temple was built by Solomon in 957 BCE and destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar in 586 BCE. Then the second temple was built under the guidance of Ezra in 516 BCE, and it lasted until the Romans destroyed the second temple in 70 AD. When Yeshua told his disciples that the temple would be destroyed and not one stone left upon another in Matthew 24:38, he was referring to the second temple. Since 70 AD, there has not been a temple in Israel, but a third temple is coming. 
Although it remains unbuilt, the notion of and desire for a third temple is sacred in Judaism, particularly Orthodox Judaism, because it is anticipated as a place of worship. The prophets in the Hebrew Bible called for its construction to be fulfilled prior to or in tandem with the Messianic Age. The rebuilding of the third temple also plays a major role in the biblical understanding of the second coming of Christ. In 2 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul taught that the abomination of desolation would be placed in the holy temple in Jerusalem. The temple must exist for the image of the Antichrist to be worshipped there. Let no one in any way deceive you. For it will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Daniel 12.11 says this, Forces from him will arise, desecrate the sanctuary fortress, and do away with the regular sacrifice, and they will set up the abomination of desolation. It's fair to ask whether or not there is enough space on the Temple Mount to build another temple without infringing upon the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Both are Muslim holy places. At the Temple Mount, there's plenty of land on the northern side of the plateau for another temple. In fact, there already are groups in Israel clamoring for the immediate construction of the third temple in Jerusalem. Is the peace treaty part of prophetic birth pains? As Yeshua was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Yeshua answered, Watch that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And you can look this up in Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 through 14. With all the hurricanes, typhoons, wars, volcanoes, earthquakes, forest fires, floods, melting ice packs, destruction of the permafrost, global warming in the real sense, or as a hoax, and now these peace treaties. 
I'm wondering if these really are what Yeshua called the beginning of birth pains, which will lead up to the Great Tribulation. Let me encourage you to watch carefully and pray fervently for Yeshua to come soon. Our former president's daughter and his son-in-law visited Occupy Jerusalem on Monday of this week to promote the normalization deals between Israel and Arab countries and attended a reception held atop a Muslim cemetery in the city. Ivanka and her husband, Jared Kushner, a real estate businessman and a former White House advisor, attended Abraham Accords Caucus. This was in the Israel's parliament. This was just this week. And Kushner said that normalization deals with Israel had set a new paradigm in the Middle East, while Lapid said that Israel would work to expand the circle of countries joining the Abraham Accords. Kushner and Ivanka also attended a reception for the launch of Friedman's Center for Peace through Strength on Monday evening. The center is named after David Friedman, a former U.S. ambassador to Israel who has been Israel's chief cheerleader since taking office in May of 2017 and has raised donations for illegal settlement expansion in the West Bank. Friedman's event was also attended by Netanyahu, the former administration's officials Mike Pompeo and Steven Mnuchin, and President Gianni. And his last name is Infantino. Um, according to the reports, Friedman said that his center's mission is to bring Muslim tourists to Jerusalem. He says, We are on the cusp of ending the Israeli-Arab conflict and changing the Middle East. Jared Kushner and his wife Ivanka, they may have stayed away from the current political scene, but they are still very much involved in the former era policy of the Abraham Accords. Kushner and Ivanka met with Israeli lawmakers, with Kushner being one of the individuals responsible for bringing forward the agreement between Israel and Arab nations. The couple attended the launch of the Abraham Accords Caucus in Israel's parliament, the Knesset, where Kushner gave his remarks on the deal that was considered one of the biggest achievements in foreign policy by the former administration. The deal signaled a break in the long-running consensus of Arab nations that no relations with Israel would happen until the situation with Palestine is still unsolved. The historic peace deal between the United Arab Emirates and Israel is an incontrovertible success of the U.S. president in our former administration, jobs for peace, carrot versus stick approach to foreign and domestic policy. The UAE-Israel-Abraham Accord was the first major breakthrough in the Middle East since the breakdown of the Oslo peace talks among Palestinian liberation organiza organization leader Yasser Arafat the Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin 
and King Hussein of Jordan in the mid-1990s, and the Israeli-Jordanian Peace Treaty of 1994. The Oslo Peace Accords failed as all the participants, including then-U.S. President Bill Clinton, were completely oblivious to the fact that Palestinian living standards collapsed by some 80% during talks focused on a land for peace rather than an objective jobs for peace benchmark. The Peace to Prosperity Middle East Peace Plan of Jared Kushner ensured only that the economic and not the political aspects of the plan were viable. The proposed Israeli annexation of the West Bank and Jordan Valley risked toppling King Abdullah II of Jordan and was an antithema to rest, uh, the rest of the Arab world and Europe. The annexation of the West Bank and Jordan Valley was something no one wanted, not even Bibi Netanyahu. UAE State TV news anchor Suhal Al-Zabadi said, Commending the bravery of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for sacrificing support from Israel's right and risking a possible prison sentence for corruption by agreeing to the peace deal. In fact, Netanyahu's past career at Boston-based Bain Capital, a private equity giant funded by one-time presidential nominee Mitt Romney, taught him that economic growth, not war, is the only effective means to win and sustain peace. An unsung hero of the Israel-UAE Peace Accord is Franco Nuschis, the owner of Georgetown's celebrated Cafe Milano that serves as the networking center for national and global power brokers. He opened a Cafe Milano branch in Abu Dhabi some four years ago. While the Israeli Prime Minister was dining in Cafe Milano, Nuschis and his staff discreetly arranged an unscheduled informal meeting between Netanyahu and Yusuf al-Ateba, UAE ambassador to the U.S. and government minister, where they had a long-ranging discussion on their mutual fears over Iran and potential economic ties. The first big winner is Israel's foremost venture capitalist and investment banker, Eduard Koikerman. Koikerman, who has the largest portfolio of Israel biotech and technology startups through his Tel Aviv-based Catalyst Investment Fund, is also Israel's leading mid-market M&A banker through his family's Quickerman and Company Investment House. It seems there is a race to see who can make this peace deal the fastest. While Jared Kushner is jet-setting with the Middle East, the Pope is making appearances of his own. On May 24, 2021, Pope Francis launched the Vatican's seven-year Laudato Sea action plan to implement environmental sustainability in different sectors of the church from religious orders to Catholic schools and hospitals.
We need a new ecological approach that can transform our way of dwelling in the world, our styles of life, our relationship with the resources of the earth, and in general, our way of looking at humanity and of living life, Pope Francis said. He said that the year would be followed immediately by a seven-year plan known as the Laudato Sea Action Platform. It seems to me the Pope is trying to create a peace deal with the earth. The Pope said, Pursue the vision of integral ecology. Remember, the Georgia Guidestones' tenth tenet is, Be not a cancer on the earth. 1 Thessalonians 5.3 For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape.